0: It. Thank you so much for, uh, for joining us this morning.
1: Good morning, Noreen. Nice to have uh Nice, nice being here. Yes, mm-hmm. it's
0: great to meet you. And we are live as well this morning on Facebook as well. So our listeners uh, can be viewers as well. Uh, they can hop onto Facebook and join us there. Noreen Mayer on RTHK uh, Radio 3. Yes, lovely to see our Facebook audience there as well. Um, so, Dr. Tiet, maybe you can share a little bit more about uh, your area of expertise on, on sort of uh, teacher uh, professional development and education. What does that mean?
1: Um, so I am fascinated by not only how students learn, but also how teachers learn uh, throughout their career. Um, and so I feel that to be a good teacher, uh, you must also be a good student. And, uh, and we are learners as well as teachers. And so it needs to be uh, caring out through from the beginning to uh, to throughout the career as well,
0: that's such a great mindset because you know learning is lifelong, and that not only applies to, as you said, students but teachers as well. We should all be in any profession uh, to be learning uh, continuously. So uh, what sorts of uh, skills um, needs uh, sort of uh, developing when you're a teacher? Mm. Wow,
1: that's a loaded question. Now, just like any profession, uh, I feel there are hard and soft skills, right? Uh, the hard skills meaning that you, know, uh, you must have knowledge about the content area that you're teaching, um, classroom management, questioning skills. Um, so all of these are the hard skills that you need to implement lesson plans. Uh, but at the same time, is, uh, there are also soft skills that I think are equally important. Uh, so, for example, um, having a growth mindset, uh, having the desire to connect with students when you're teaching, uh, love teaching <laughs> despite uh, the many failures in classroom, uh, love for children, um, and being resilient. You know, I think being resilient and uh, and determined at a time like this, I find, yeah. is very important. Yeah. Well,
0: let's talk about some of the challenges that teachers face. I mean, I think it's uh, sort of not just in this generation, but I think each generation of teachers faces different challenges, um, although I think I think it gets a bit harder because you've got things like social media, you've got um you've got to care more about the, the the student's sort of emotional development as well. You're not just teaching knowledge, you're teaching, you know, behavior and and all sorts of things. I mean, what sorts of challenges have, have you seen amongst uh teachers?
1: Um I totally agree with you, Noreen, that uh that is not just, you know, teaching and and knowing, but uh but really developing their whole self and also uh, outlook in life. Um and I think uh just like other professions, we are facing challenges of we are in a world of abundance more and more, and yet time is finite. <laughs> we only have 24 hours. So uh facing with abundance with limited time, uh, how do we choose what to teach? and how to teach right um and also not to mention that uh the the digitalization of our lives right um you know technology um and also uh uh the growing awareness that when when we are learners we actually learn best when we are uh prepared cognitively as well as emotionally right but now also socially as well <laughs> and so we are we are actually being distracted by many many challenges i find and uh, it's really at this time i uh it's important for us to kind of look from within um to think about what it is that we want in education before we kind of look out and choose the tools that would be be appropriate and helpful to us yeah.
0: Absolutely. I think you mentioned a really good point about technology. Um and and that is we d- we're educating the, the next generation but we don't know what life will be like. Um, the people who are going to primary school now are 6 years old. They will be retiring in 60, 65 years time. We just don't know what the world will be like at that time. Um so to speak yeah. and, and with, with technology. But there are skills that we can really sort of instill with them and you mentioned just now, it's not just resilience in the in in, in the teachers, but also in the students. But first, the teachers have to um, sort of learn that too, because it's it's difficult. Um, I hear teachers in Hong Kong, well, I think um, it's not just in Hong Kong, but globally, um, you know, Seoul, Shanghai, um, uh, in, in the UK... There's a lot of workload on teachers. It's not just marking homework and, and stuff. There's, you know, uh, planning for lessons. There's a lot of extra responsibility for, for teachers. Are, are you seeing that in sort of the teachers that you teach?
1: Yeah, certainly. And uh, and then to convince teacher that it is worth to remain faithful that we uh, that there are more solutions than problems. Um, you know, I think as a challenge when they are faced with all of these practical issues, right? You know, daily issues that they have to deal with. And, uh, and it's not easy to convince them that. Um, and certainly you have not only the students, but also school administrators, parents, you know, the global trend, what is expected of you, right? Um, and, you know, and so, uh, so recent years, um, and as, Another aspect of, um, uh, of like another skill that teachers should learn is self-care skills. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. You know, I, and take care of others. We need to learn how to keep ourselves sane, focused, uh, well, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, w-
0: one of the key ways to sort of um, assess um, uh, sort of the quality of, of education is sort of that self-reflection. Uh, well, I think it, it applies in any industry. If, if we want to do a good job in our job, in our daily lives, we have to sort of self-reflect to see what we're doing well, what we're not what we're doing so well. Um, how do teachers self-reflect? What's the review process like?
1: Um, I think... In order to do effective self-reflection, uh, you can't really do it by yourself. <laughs> you know, I feel that there are two uh, two important elements. So one is uh, you you need to have the other perspective of what you're doing, right? And so a lot of times we really cannot, uh, you know, we are not aware of our own mistakes, uh, our own habits. Um, so it's really through the eyes of the students, the eyes of uh, other colleagues, um, through the eyes of new research coming in from education to give us kind of fresh perspectives on what it is that we're doing in the classroom. So I always encourage, you know, teachers that after they finish their lesson plan, uh, they kind of look at their lesson plan through the eyes of the kids. You know, is it understandable? You know, um, is it in kiss friendly language? Uh, Do you think like a kid when you are planning that lesson? Right. Um, And also. uh, Is it exciting
0: for the children to learn? Because it needs to be fun. We we learn through play. And is it exciting? Is it going to energize the children and make them want to learn?
1: Uh, You know, I think uh, that's uh, that's very important. And then the other part is uh, dialogue. You know uh is to talk with others about your own practice um so let's say you get feedback from your students directly <laughs> right <laughs> um, and uh and then you get feedback from colleagues. you videotape yourself, and so you can see your own practice through the lens of the camera, right, which does not lie <laughs> <laughs> right it's oftentimes with a human eye we we filter certain things. Uh, we perceive things in a certain way because we innately have some kind of biases, right? Uh, but when we see ourselves, you know, in a teaching video, for example, um, you can learn, you, you can learn so much more because you will see things you did not before. (laughs) Yes.
0: And that's actually a, a good way to sort of, yeah, we, I mean, we do air checks as well. We we listen back to our own programs and we think, oh, no, did I really say that? And it can be quite a brutal experience. I was told uh, once uh, by, by a colleague, never do it straight after your program because you'll be extra critical. And you're like, oh, did I? But, um, yeah, I can imagine if you tape yourself sort of teaching and, and see it in the lens. But, of course, there are different, um, if you like, different... Uh, uh, standards of, of what's a successful teacher because you can be teaching the content and the students can be testing really well and that might make you a successful teacher but does that make your lesson engaging does that make you know the students enjoy your class that's a different sort of so how do you balance the two between getting through the things that need to be taught but also sort of making it fun for, 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 for the mm. students how, how do how do teachers you know make that balance
1: Yeah, um, I always, um, tell my teachers to make your lessons more organic. Um, and when I say organic, it means that when, when you walk in, you know, of course, you have certain things you want to teach and deliver. So you have this lesson plan in mind. But at the same time, when you, when you are teaching, the students in front of you should be your priority. Um, so you should be listening to how, uh, the responses how they're responding to your lesson, um, and then really trying to uh, activate what they already know about this topic and then build on it, you know, rather than you go in and then you just say, okay, this is what I'm going to teach you today. Uh, but it's more of, you know, I would say kind of like a shared experience where you bring in something, the students contribute something, and then it's kind of like this back and forth, um, uh, back and forth, uh, process and it's very evolutionary. Um, you 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 are you are not dictated too much with your lesson plan in mind, but at the same time you're aware of what students are giving you. And I find that sometimes when you make that connection with students, they are really they are willing to fly with you even though you have to touch on like 10 different concepts. Uh, if you get their buy-in, uh, they will try to work hard and they really want to learn. You know, I think innately.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Well, the way you're describing it makes me want to be in one of your classes, <laughs> Dr. Tate. Um,
1: so, kind of-
0: well, let's go back to that to that first question. You know, it, it, your area of special interest is teacher education. So h- how would you explain uh, teacher education?
1: I think um, is what the name suggests, is to educate teachers uh, before the job. You know, to make sure that they are as qualified as we can help them to to become uh, before they teach, uh, but also uh, is after they've become a teacher. You know, I feel that the uh, learning, the reflection um, uh, needs to continue. And uh, actually, some sometimes the best practices don't come from theories. The best practices come from you up uh, trying to apply theory, but then you keep. Uh, trying to problem solve, uh, what happens in the classroom and, uh, and those, and that, and that knowledge is evolving, you know, and then that doesn't happen overnight. Uh, you know, it really takes sustained, um, learning, sustained reflection, uh, sustained experimentation to, to actually get to that place. And so it's kind of like a lifelong journey.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, do teachers sort of get together and share best practices, you know, are there sort of teacher development day and they sort of get together and, and share how best, I mean, h- how does it work at a school? Is it sort of, um, yeah, is, is it external? Do, 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 do they have days where, you know, you don't teach and then you just learn from other people? Do you sit into, do you sit in other people's classes? How does it work?
1: You know, it's kind of like a double-edged sword. Uh, we know that professional, dev- continued professional development for teachers is important. And so I, so I'm sure a lot of schools already have their teacher professional development day, uh, their co-planning sessions, uh, their peer lesson observations, uh, workshops and this and that. Um, and, um, but sometimes I find that all of these are not really initiated by teachers. You know, uh, and sometimes teachers get into this chore mentality because they're very busy. And then uh, some uh, sometimes these professional development um, events or opportunities are mandated. Right. Um, And so if we could kind of have a balance of these mandated uh, workshops, um, you know, seminars, but also um, give teachers some time to self-organize. You know, they initiate their own small group of, sh- of sharing, right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, and then I find that uh, nowadays with technology, um, we actually can really make good use of it. So let's say if you don't have time, perhaps um, if you're able to gather teachers from different schools who have similar interests, then, you know, then they could probably do like a Saturday Zoom meeting, you know, kind of uh, chat with each other or you create WhatsApp uh, groups and then you discuss, you know, problems that you're having, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, what
0: about that point you mentioned just now, you know, it should student, uh, students should also give feedback to teachers. <laughs> I feel like that's more difficult sort of in the younger years. I suppose in tertiary education, the communication between the teachers – and the teacher students are more sort of two way, you know, your students can give feedback to you and you're able to do the same. I suppose in secondary school, I can see an element of that, but it's very difficult with the younger children. And they're the ones you have to really sort of um, lay the foundation for, for education. Mm-hmm. So how can teachers sort of understand a little bit more of what the children want?
1: Hmm. Um, I... I also agree that, uh, it would be, it might be difficult to get constructive feedback from primary school students, especially, uh, stage one, P1 to P3, right? Um, and so for these students, I find that, uh, your keen observation is very important. And then these students, they are telling you things in different ways. So if they misbehave in your class, if they're not attentive, um, you know, if they are, um, you know, if they just, um kind of utter oh this is boring or
0: <laughs> or <laughs> yeah, students are so oh, honest yeah. children are so honest
1: um these are uh valuable feedback right how your students are responding to you i think um if you become more aware that they are valuable feedback and i feel that for p four, five, six students uh they they might be able to give you some suggestions or, uh, or comment on which part of the lesson they, they, they most like or least like, right? Um, and so I think it's a combination of observing, um, as well as eliciting any responses from students. Yeah.
0: And you're absolutely right. Uh, students, are, especially young children, are so sort of unself conscious They will really tell you if this is boring or I don't know what you're talking about. They sort of, you know, really articulate it. Dr. Tit, I really enjoyed our conversation uh, this morning and I look forward to having you back another time. Uh, thank you so much for sharing uh, your area of interest and, and expertise of teacher professional development. And we've been chatting with Dr. Tiet Mai Chan, who's a lecturer at the academic unit of teacher education and learning leadership at the Faculty of Education at the University of Hong Kong. Thank you very much for your time today.